to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh my god. Come on! Welcome back to the Skewered Universe Podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Leanne. She's returned. (laughs) That's only because we've had the last two episodes for this Del Toro Spotlight series with a couple of guests. But Leanne's here tonight, and we're continuing on this Del Toro track, so it's good you're here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jeff. (laughs) It's glad to have you back. (laughs) Now we just need some cheesy sound effects and morning zoo bullshit. Ding dong noisemakers. She's back. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. So this episode is going to be on Kronos, but before we get there, Leanne, what have you been up to lately? I got to playing some games. Oh, would these be Nintendo Switch games by any chance? Why, yes, Jeff, you're correct. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I have my Switch here so I can tell you guys what I've been playing. All right, go for it. My favorite one at the moment is called Garden Inn, and you play with flowers. So you just play with flowers, that's it. You get different rooms, you get to customize them, and grow different seeds, and it's like a zen-type game. So when you were showing me earlier with the different rooms, and you have to love your plants and water them, keep them alive. Yep. And then there's another game called Unpacking, where you just unpack. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) You unpack. You organize stuff. Yeah, and you like to organize, so it's kind of a perfect game for you in a way. Yeah. Another one called Townscaper, where it's not really a game game. You just build little houses, I guess, in different colors. That's the one you were showing me where it was like building like off of the ocean or something, right? It was like a yeah. whole like city by the sea kind of thing you had going yeah. on. Okay. And then Green Hill. That's or green hell. Sorry. Okay. That's hard. <laughs> I had to, I had to look up. Uh, I had to look up a few things. Mm-hmm. And then my old time favorite, Crowd City. Crowd City. Yeah. What is that one? Because I don't think I'm familiar. Oh, you're familiar with it. It's where you start out as like one piece of the crowd, and then you you're supposed to touch. Um, the white ones and grow your crowd. 
Oh, okay, okay. And then the biggest crowd wins. Okay. You can take on other crowds. I'm familiar with that. Maybe not that version, but I've played mobile games that are similar to that kind no, of concept. No, it's the same it's the same one. Oh, okay. Because I remember I remember you stopped playing when there was an update. Ah, see, I don't even remember playing that one. Yeah. So I'm bad at remembering what games I've played <laughs> in the past. <laughs> what about you? Well, uh, there's there's been a huge, huge update Yeah. for me. An upgrade, really. Yeah, an upgrade. I have a new computer. Yeah. Well, it's a new to me. Ah, yes, Crowd City. Okay, the one where you, you can change your character... You're so uh, yeah, you can be your a wolf skin. or your skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I remember. Sorry. I wasted a lot of time on my phone playing that game, and then there was an update, and I didn't like it. Yeah, I don't like the update either. <laughs> it was, it changed it too much. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I got a new computer. Yeah. Well, I should say it's new to me. Yeah. It's not brand new. I didn't go anywhere and buy it. A friend of ours, you've heard him on the show, Patrick, we were talking uh, from the Dawn of the Dead series that we've done. Yeah. He more goes by Pat. Pat so, French. Pat French from the Dawn of the Dead episodes and Midsummer. Yeah. He. he <laughs> <laughs> that was a very entertaining episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Go back and give those a listen if you haven't. <laughs> He gifted me with a really good gaming PC, which is now also the studio PC. Yeah, he and his family were moving, so... He had to get rid of stuff, and he goes, Hey, I got something. If you want it, it's yours. And I jumped at it, because I was still running off of a computer that could not handle anything we were doing. Yeah, he's he's given me, like, laptops and stuff in the past. He's been your computer guru. Yeah. <laughs> He's been my savior. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been fun because I got that. Uh, he gave me a Blue Yeti microphone, which we are recording on right now. The only time I have tested this mic is doing Tales Live, and then I recently appeared on Video Store Clerks Podcast Live. More about those at the end of the show. Good times. But fun times. Yeah, I we have a studio upgrade, and then I've got some other little things like uh, I got a desk keyboard upgrade. desk upgrade. desk upgrade. I got a keyboard mat that has some cool RGB LEDs in it. Fancy. I got an Xbox controller because now I can play GTA Five on my computer. Since so my PS4, I don't know why I said it like PS4. Since my PlayStation Four is jet engineering, but. Uh, I'm very happy to have a computer that is capable, and we can bring you better content because of that. And I can play games with my buds. So I'm happy about that, too. Yeah. And I can record without it stalling. Right? I keep looking <laughs> over and thinking, is it going to stall? I know, because every <laughs> once in a while when we're recording, just just break down the... We'll break down the, the fourth wall here for a second, guys. Behind there the were, curtain. Yeah. Pull back the curtain. There were times when we were recording on the other computer that... We, I would watch the waveform, and the screen would just freeze. The whole computer would just freeze. And then it would catch up. And it was still recording, but I couldn't see the waveform moving, so the both of us would just sit here, wait for a few minutes, <laughs> and then it would start moving, we'd start recording again. Mm-hmm. Which was a pain in the ass in editing, but you know what? I powered through it. I knew eventually I was going to get a new machine. The days of the tiny 
teeny tiny. Looking at the case for that thing, it is. I don't even know how it ran because it's so small and everything <laughs> packed in there. Yeah, other than that, I haven't been doing a whole lot else. Just dealing with pain management for my current condition that's getting better, but. Yeah, well, the doctor wanted to try something new just to, you know, liven things up a bit, and it really livened things up a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not a good time. Yeah, let's just say lots of pain triggers anxiety, and that's not good. No. So, anyone yeah, out there... anxiety. <laughs> yeah, anyone out there who deals with anxiety, I understand. I see you. Don't let anyone tell you that it's not real or anything, because it is. And fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to talk about before we move on? Hmm. No, not really. I've just been catching scammers and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. You were hardcore into catching the Facebook scammers. Yeah, I recently... I don't want to go too much into detail, but there's this one guy that I... Fa I basically go off of stolen photos. Mm -hmm. I do reverse lookups. And I found <clears throat> the real account of one of the men that gets stolen all the time. Right. And... Man, he's got a lot of women just standing the fuck over him. Wow. Drooling. And if a woman comes on there saying he's a scammer because they don't know any better, because they've been scammed and they think it's a fake profile, mm -hmm. um, he shames them horribly. And he gets other women to just cheer him on. They just drool. <sighs> that mm, mm. <laughs> you heard you heard my two cents on that. I'm not going to go into detail here because yeah, it was it was quite an interesting quite an interesting time. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. we we nicknamed him BB, <sighs> Big Butthead. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> bad boner fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Good job, Jeff. Do you feel proud? I never feel proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a constant state of just feeling ashamed all the time. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> what are we watching? We're continuing on with the Guillermo del Toro's director spotlight series. I see it on the screen. And we're doing his 1993 film, Kronos. Kronos.
this is I have only seen this once, so Me I'm too. not super familiar. So yeah. it's going to be great to do it in. Oh, what's that format we do around here? I don't know, Jeff. Remind me. Interstellar interstitials. Interstellar interstitials. <laughs> I love that you did that. <laughs> and in case anyone's new, you'll find out right now what that's all about. What are interstellar interstitials? This is a rather different movie review format where Jeff and Leon will pick a movie that neither of them have seen or at least one of them has not seen. Then, they will watch the movie in real time, breaking every 15 minutes to give their thoughts on the movie to that point. At the conclusion of the film, they will give their final thoughts, recommendations, ratings and discuss any interesting information about the movie in general. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast already in progress. All right. Land, you want to get right into Kronos then? I really want to get into it. Okay. We're going to start the movie. You guys now know how this works if you're new around here. For those seasoned veterans that have hung out with us, you know what we're doing. We'll be back in about 15. Enjoy this little intermission. Alright, 15 minutes in. I mean, give or take, right? <laughs> 15 I mean, minutes, I mean. We were off by like five seconds. Okay, I, I wasn't sure because the timer didn't actually go off. You just said it's about time. Mm -hmm. And God, I forgot how good this movie is. Mm -hmm. So, for anyone looking for quick synopsis, we have the Kronos device that was invented by an alchemist in 1536 in Mexico. To provide whoever owned the device immortality. The device was lost to time, apparently. Nobody knew where it went. That brings us to the present day, where an antiques dealer discovers it in the base of an archangel statue. That's where we're at right now, basically. But, uh, Leanne, you got any notes for us? I had a rundown of everything you just said. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> 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 I mean, well, I can I can break it down for you if you want. I mean, if you have a little more info and want to, you can. If not, we can leave it at that. And well, okay, let me just do my my thing. I, I, do I, your thing. I have a I have a way of doing it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um. So in the beginning, there was a story being told about the alchemist. I wasn't paying attention. Um. Something to do with a dead man. 
Um, there was a great shot of a woman hanging by her feet to be bled out. That was really nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of old statues. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the modern times in the city. Um, a woman and a girl are eating at the table. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to have a good relationship. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, as they're getting ready to leave, it's her and the older man, you know, uh, packing the car, I think. Right. And uh, we can tell that they have a good relationship. I think he was carrying her or something. Yeah, he was carrying her, and they seem to get along very well. Yeah, and uh, he's wearing glasses, a brimmed hat, a gray suit with a bow tie. And when they arrive to the shop, there's uh, that uh, skip game drawn. Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Yeah. And he he plays hopscotch with himself. (laughs) But then uh, this store has a visitor, and the guy's weird, and he doesn't say anything, and he just takes off. Well, the old man sees that the statue was broken. Well, broken into, kind of. And so a little bit later, he's helping the girl with the puzzle, and they're humming, and they're having a grand old time. Mm -hmm. Well, a cockroach starts coming out of the statue, and she just starts whacking the shit out of it. And yeah, was it her grandpa? Yeah, her grandfather. Yeah, he says that she needs to be more gentle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because she just immediately went from like zero to a hundred, beating the shit out of these cockroaches. (laughs) And then... He finally starts to check out the statue, and he's, you know, hitting it with this tool, and he realizes it's hollow. And so he pries it open and pulls out this cloth, and in the cloth is this device. The aforementioned Kronos device. Yeah, and it's, you know, beautiful. It's gold (laughs) and... Okay, so then in the next scene, Ron Perlman is at work, and he gets a phone call. Um, De La Guardia Enterprises? Yes. Yeah. So, when he finishes the call, I guess it's a factory or something. We don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he walks through um, the factory and takes a service elevator. He then prepares a platter and sends it through this window to a secure room. And as he goes through... The door, he's wearing his PPE, right? Right. He's got his mask, his booties, everything. And he takes the platter past these statues that are hanging, just like the woman was (laughs) hanging, to be bled out. And they're all wrapped in plastic. And so Ron Perlman, you know, hands him his stuff. It's some pills and some paperwork to sign. And he's clearly annoyed with this guy. He clearly doesn't want to be there. And the old man is like, I need this particular statue. It's this one in this really old piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And so Ron Perlman has to go to this shop. And that's where we're at right now. Right. He just walked in and he's greeted. Yeah. Making an offer to buy the statue from which the Kronos device was just removed not too long ago. Yeah. But that the old man character that Ron Perlman is caring for is his uncle. Okay. He's basically 
from what I remember, and anyone who hasn't seen this, stop what you're doing. Go watch the movie, then come back, because we're going <laughs> to spoil this. And from what I remember, I believe he's the nephew that just is waiting to take over his uncle's business. So he's like, can you just die so yeah. I can have everything? Yeah. Like, he'll do his bidding, but to an extent where he's like, get somebody else to do your shit. But then he's doing it anyway. Yeah. So, with that Kronos device, man, it is... <sighs> <laughs> I know. I know you love practical stuff. It's one of the best looking props I've seen in a movie. Yeah. As you can tell, there was time and care put into it. Well, it's kind of funny because um, I was looking. I have a few Del Toro books. You do. Uh-huh. Uh, not to brag. <laughs> um, but I found this one quote by Guillermo, and it says, I find that most art is an alchemy. Certainly film is alchemy. You are creating something transcendental and pure and beautiful out of a lot of vile matter, which is what alchemists did. They took common metals like lead and elevated them into metal that they thought sublime, eternal gold. And then it's it's like a picture of a reverse, probably Marion. Yeah. Joseph or something. <laughs> something, yeah. Page from one of your books. I believe the one you took it from is... At Home with Monsters. Thank you. It's a cute little blue book. Which I think is the companion piece to Cabinet of Curiosities, which you also have. I have it right here, yeah. Yeah, it is right here on the table next to us. She has her research material, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So I want to say real quick, just running down a few actors who are in this. Uh, our main character, Jesus, is played by Federico Lupi, who also went on to work with Del Toro again later in The Devil's Backbone. Uh, Ron Perlman, who we don't need to tell you how many times he's worked with Del Toro. You know what he's done with him. Uh, Claudio Brook is De La Guardia. Margarita Isabel is Mercedes. That would be Jesus' wife. And Tamara Zanath as Aurora, the granddaughter. There's a few other people here, but they're not really super important. I think our main cast of the few is the most important to worry about here. Yeah. You mentioned when we started this that you like vampire movies. Yeah. For anyone that's not aware, this is a different take on the vampire movie. Yeah. I like different takes on vampire movies. Yeah. When it's not traditional. I like them all. <laughs> you you do enjoy Queen of the Damned. Yeah. That is a fun one, too. An interview with a vampire and... Mm-hmm. Twilight, and I like, I like, I like all kinds of vampire movies. Blade, Blade, ugh. Blade Two. Going back to you know, that's directed by Del Toro. Yum 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 yum. Yeah, so I like the premise of this being something different. It's not an infection; it's a device doing something. It's still a vampiric infection, but it's Del Toro's twist to it, which makes it. It's not supernatural. It's created by man. Yeah. Exactly. It's a man-made thing. Crazy. It's so cool. It's so crazy. I'm a crazy crazy, guy. I'm a crazy guy. (laughs) 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 All right, before we completely lose our mind, you ready to jump back in? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back.
just like that, another 15 minutes down. This movie's just moving right along. I like how it gets right to it. But Leanne, do you have anything in particular you want to share about this? Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so while Ron Perlman is in the store, um, he's being playful with a little girl. Mm-hmm. And he's asking their opinions about nose job options. Because he's clearly waiting for that man to die in paycheck, right? Yeah. Um, so at one point, he, uh, the older man is playing with the device in his hand. Right. And the device, he like triggers the device and it bites him. Ow. And then he goes to a dance class. Where apparently his wife works, and uh, he's covered in blood. <laughs> and so she she gets out some scissors and stuff and pulls out a splinter, the metal splinter. Yeah, which she said looked like the like a stinger, like yeah. from a bee. And we can tell he feels a little weird. He feels weird. Yeah. And then later that night, he's at the fridge. He's drinking way too much water because clearly he's thirsty. And he sees a plate of raw meat, and he starts eyeballing the meat, like like he's telling it, oh, you're dirty, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so he doesn't, but instead, he rips off his bandage and puts the device back on his hand. Mm-hmm. And he laid on the staircase, sweaty, his shirt open, practically half naked, <laughs> while this thing is sucking his blood out and we get a cool shot of the inside of the device the mechanics there's something living inside that device it's really cool yeah and the the granddaughter sees and he's like it was nothing it was nothing i'm fine (laughs) yeah he's like oh it's Everything's okay. Uh, so the next morning, he decides he's gonna shave, and uh, he doesn't put on his bow tie. He wears a vest instead of a jacket, and mm-hmm. he unbuttons his shirt. And his wife is like, "You look younger," and he's like, "I feel younger." Yep. And he's like, "I'm gonna have a great day. I'm gonna go to the store. It's gonna be an awesome day." But when he gets to the store, the lock's been broken because. It's been ransacked by De La Guardia Enterprises. Yep. Looking for the device. Exactly. I, how do I word this? You know how in most vampire movies, somebody gets turned into a vampire. They're not feeling happy about it. They're either feeling sick or they're tortured because they don't want to have to kill to survive. They don't want to. I don't want to kill somebody to drink their blood. It's wrong blood. There's always some trope. This one, he's like, I feel younger. I'm going to shave my mustache. The music's upbeat. Even when his shop is destroyed, he's still kind of like, but I still feel good. I don't feel old and run down. He's like, I still have all this energy. (laughs) It's like a different, like he feels reinvigorated. Sure, yeah. And I like that it's not like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. It's more like, huh. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I I feel all this energy and I feel younger. I'm going to... You know, walk to work and have a good day. Yeah. I mean, he drove, but obviously, you know what I'm getting at. That shot of the inner workings of the device, though. I love that shot. Yeah. Just the gears turning, the 
whatever kind of creature is inside that divine larva or whatever just kind of writhing around and feeding. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's Del Toro to a T. <laughs> and I fucking love it. Yeah. Shall we go ahead and continue on, or is there anything else you want to add to what, from what we saw? No, that was... I think we're pretty straightforward yeah. here. Yeah. All right, we're going to get back to it and be back in just a minute. Fifteen more minutes down. We just keep rolling right along. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep that movie rolling. <laughs> Looking at the guy getting his blood sucked. I don't. I don't know. I was gonna say rolling, rolling, rolling. Chronos. <laughs> do the you know, do the lip biscuit thing. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. No. Yeah. No. Keep rolling, rolling, no. rolling, rolling. Come no. on. No. Okay. <laughs> I won't go any further. I was thinking of the lyrics, and I'm like, no. No. Okay, so the old man goes to LaGuardia Enterprises and meets with the man, right? Mm-hmm. The man shows him the manuscript, a.k.a. the little book thing, and he explains that it's a bug that's in the device. Yeah. And then he tries to steal the box that the device is in, but the old man just bolts, and he realizes that... It's actually the lock to his store that's in the box. And mm-hmm. the old man goes home looking for the device because he wants a hit, right? And he can't find it. It's not where he left it. Turns out the little girl took it. He finds her and gives her some tea with a, a cube of sugar. Mm-hmm. Explains very tenderly that he understands that she is concerned. Can he please have it back? And she gives it back. Like a fool. <laughs> as soon as he gets that thing, we see him in the bathroom with the shirt off and it's plopped on his chest. And yeah, it's it almost seems like he's having a semi-sexual experience, like the pleasure from it, the, the feeling he's getting. It's almost he was he's on the floor like a heroin addict. That's probably a better way to, to He's think hiding about in it. the bathroom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So Apparently, he notices it's sticky, too. Yeah. And his wounds just kind of disappear. He just heals. Weird. So weird. And then... I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. So weird. Um, so then they go to a New Year's Eve dance. Right. And they're on the dance floor. He's wooing the shit out of her. She's eating it up. They start making out, practically humping on the dance floor. Right. They get to the meal. And first of all, the little girl's bummed because she can tell that there's probably something going on, right? Yeah. So the old man sees a guy have a bloody nose and he goes, ooh, yum, 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 and follows him (laughs) to the bathroom. Like a fucking creep, right? Yeah. And so he follows him to the bathroom, and the guy left blood on the counter, on the sink. And when he goes into the stall, the old man starts, like, fingering it like it's a one-night stand. 
it's almost like he's lighting it up like as if it was coke and he was right? gonna do a snort of rail off his, the sink. He was sticking his tongue out too. And <laughs> then a guy decided to walk out of a stall and ruin the moment. <laughs> Some drunk as shit guy. <laughs> <laughs> his pants weren't even all the way up yet. <laughs> he walked out, he's still pulling up his pants like stupid parties. <laughs> but then he starts washing his hands. And rinses off all the blood, and the old man is so bummed. You can tell he's like, just stop, stop. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, fuck. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, what was it you said when we were watching it? You I, don't a I don't know, I don't remember, something. I don't remember. Damn. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, so when the device bit his hand... After he triggered it, I said it was like, um... Hellraiser. Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. It was like Hellraiser, but with vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, remember that? And then we both went, what was it you said? No, I remember. We got it, there. But we got I, there. I was, I was too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's a good comparison. So anyway, it's a device yeah. that when you mess with it... It fucks your life up. Yeah. You're a slave to it. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? It's kind of the same thing, because look at the comparison. The Hellraiser is actually very strong. What was Frank Cotton chasing the entire time? The high he got from whatever the pleasure and pain was. What is Jesus chasing in Kronos? The high he gets from using the device. So it is It is very much like a drug <laughs> addict. Hellraiser comparison. Yeah. yeah. You're a genius. Uh, yeah, I know. I bow to your superior oh, knowledge. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm having a good time watching it, though. Yeah, me too. The relationship between him and his granddaughter is very sweet. Yeah, it really is. Because you can tell he really cares for it. He's like, okay, I need to make sure she feels okay. I know she's worried. I need to reassure her things are fine. But at the same time, there's that addict in the back of his head that's like, just give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Give it to me. You know? and, and she's not a dumb kid. She doesn't speak, but her facial expressions say all you need to know. She's like, God damn it. He's going to keep using this thing, and it's it's bad. She knows things are bad. Yep. Just another good Del Toro movie. Right. All right, so Let's get keep it going. back to it. All right, we'll be right back. Show starts in five minutes. happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Just like that, we're back. Fifteen minutes in. Fifteen more minutes down. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what happens when I try and be cool. <laughs> You're cool automatically. <laughs> I have to work at it. <laughs> wow, that's the first time I've been told I'm cool automatically. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, so Kronos. God, your eyes glazed over for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Okay, so where we left off, he was in the bathroom with the... 
the blood got wiped away. He was so bummed. Okay, well, mm-hmm. there was blood on the floor, and he was like, mm, yum, 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 and lays on the floor and just licks the shit out of that floor. Yeah, it's, like I said, it was a real junky shit. Yeah. Then he gets a boot to the face. <laughs> yeah. Hard boot to the face. And his wife and granddaughter realize, you know, they've been abandoned. You know, they go home. Well, we then see Ron Perlman playing with his nose in the car with the old man passed out in the passenger seat. Ron Perlman starts beating up the old man outside of the car, which the old man is a good actor because I believed he was getting hit. Yeah. He's a good actor for an old man. Oh, yeah. The punch noises were hilarious. <laughs> why do they Why do they insist on adding that in? Accentuation to let you feel that there's an impact. <laughs> if there was no sound, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, okay. I don't like when you're right. <laughs> So anyway, Ron Perlman's like, hey, old man, what the hell is up with this device anyway? What do you, what's the big deal? And the old man's like, well, it makes you immortal. And Ron Perlman just starts laughing. He's like, okay, sure, whatever. (laughs) Then we see the old man sitting in the front of the car and Ron Perlman yeets it off the edge of the cliff, right? Yep. And the old man is at the bottom, crashed in the car. And he's given himself an internal pep talk. And it doesn't work. He dies. No. Right? Yeah. Okay, so then we see <laughs> the old man is in a morgue. This guy is working really hard on him, giving him this really beautiful forehead um, made out of lumpy clay. <laughs> after, after he proceeded to use a staple gun to close up the wound on his forehead... <laughs> And then the other yeah. guy's like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's going to be cremated. And he's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why'd you tell me that before? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, then we see Ron Perlman back at the Enterprises, right? And right. apparently he lives in, like, a tiny little locker room on the floor. Apparently. <laughs> so... Anyway, <laughs> I, okay, I'll be fine, I swear. Okay, he lives in this little tiny locker room type thing, right? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of a smaller version of Hellboy's room. Yeah. Well, the old man, the his uncle. Yes. He calls him over the thing and he's like, I need you. He's like, ugh, fine. (laughs) So he goes there. The old man finds out about what happened, and he is pissed and beats the living shit out of him. And he's like, did you check his heart? And he's like, no, why would I? Like, he's fucking dead. Who cares? And the old man's like, you better get it right this time. And he sends him to the funeral. (laughs) Yeah. And he goes to the casket, and his way of checking is by, like, plugging his nose yeah. He's like, oh, he is dead. Okay. <laughs> the most ineffective way to check. But then we go back to the morgue, cleaning the old man with um, spit. <laughs> trying to get the kiss marks off the guy's face. It's like, he's going to be cremated. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, he tries to light the incinerator, but it doesn't light. So he has to leave and figure out the fuel line. He comes back. 
And he's like, all right, I got this taken care of. Lights the incinerator, closes the casket. He doesn't see, but we see it's empty. (laughs) And he just, you know, yeets it into the fire, right? Well, that's when Ron Perlman comes to see the body one last time, because he's a family member. He's grieving. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's like, well, do you want medium or well done? Because he's on fire right now. (laughs) And that's what we're looking at right now, Ron Perlman looking into the fire. (laughs) Looking into the oven to see the fire, like, oh. (laughs) It's like... The guy's basically like, I'm not pulling him out. He's right there. <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I like the little touches in this with Ron Perlman's character, because he's he's kind of like just a big goof. Yeah. But you can tell his motivations are all he wants is the money. Yeah. His uncle just wants to live forever. Yeah. I think basically just to spite his nephew who wants control of everything. Yeah. It's... I mean, granted, the uncle's also sick. It wouldn't surprise me if he's not even in the will. (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) He just thinks he is. He just thinks he is, and then gets screwed in the end. Yeah. How are you feeling about it so far, Jeff? I remember liking it the first time. I'm liking it even more this time. I agree. I feel the same way. There's so much more you pick up on. Like, when he's having that... Jesus is having the thought process in his head. He's like, oh, that's a lot of blood. Oh, that's my blood. Oh, I'm dying and I'm alone. <laughs> oh, this solo. <laughs> it's basically like this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's upside down and I'm dying <laughs> alone. <laughs> alone. <laughs> My great pep talk, Grandpa. Shit. <laughs> but the thing you said, he's not because he wasn't in that casket that got thrown into the incinerator. Yeah. So we'll see what's happening. I just it's got Del Toro's fingerprints all over it. Like the jars with stuff taken out of the uncle he's keeping in his clean room. Yeah. Where he's got constant humidifiers. It's like, uh. It kind of reminded me of the fly. Yeah. When Seth Brundle is like, oh, it's the Brundle Museum. Look at all the little parts that have come off me during my transformation. <laughs> yeah. He's keeping them in little containers. This guy's keeping body it, it- bodily things taken from his body because he's so sick yeah he's like oh yes look these are half my body's in these jars the other half is wherever like what the fuck dude (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're pretty fucking sick i love that the guy that was incinerating the old man is eating a banana he's like he's just munching on the banana every morgue attendant or morgue worker or person performing an autopsy they're always eating something around dead bodies <laughs> like it doesn't even remotely connect to this movie but if you ever watch Gone in 60 Seconds there's a scene where one of the guys are trying to recruit back to their gang is working as a morgue attendant and he's laying there looking at the bodies from an autopsy eating the sandwich gets a phone call they're like hey it's for you he takes the sandwich sets it on top of the body <laughs> walks over to take the phone call like like what is it with people around dead bodies and eating in movies i don't get it i don't know like just once i want to know if this is like a legitimate thing if they're all like oh just set my sandwich down on corpsey mccorpse face here and go take a phone call i don't know there's always somebody eating the fact he's got a banana then seemed irritated when people showed up like really just trying to eat my banana guys (laughs) it's I'm having a lot of fun. How are you feeling about this one? I love it. All right. Yeah. 
So you want to continue down this road? No. No? You want to stop right yeah, here? Yeah, we're done. We'll just leave it? Yep. We don't need to know We'll never happens. get the end? No. All right, you heard it then. That's it. So, uh, speaking of that, you know where you can catch the show. <laughs> no, we're definitely going to close. Just kidding. We're going to continue on here. We'll be right back. You guys listen to this cool intermission clip that I'm throwing in right here. Hi, folks. I'm Rico. Oh, no, Joe. He's Peppy. See? You can find us at the concession stand in the lobby. Along with all sorts of other tasty goodies. See? Rico's Nachos, a refreshingly new and different snack discovery. Chock full of high-quality ingredients, crisp, fresh tortilla chips, covered with creamy-aged cheddar cheese, topped off with zesty jalapeno pepper rings. Rico's Nachos, out of sight. Remember, folks, we're the new star at the snack bar. Rico's Nachos, a new taste treat you can't beat. See? Rico's Nachos, on sale at the snack bar now. And welcome back. We are another 15 minutes in. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Leanne. <laughs> Man, this... I don't even know. We've we've stopped taking notes at this point. Well, you've stopped taking notes at this point. I think it's... I, I forget how funny Guillermo del Toro can be. Like, the the mortuary right. guy put his suit on backwards. How do you even do that? So for the rest of the movie, he's wearing a backwards suit. <laughs> Which I don't remember from the first time I watched this, but God, it's just one of those touches. It's like, that's how much they, they weren't really paying attention to what they were doing. They put the suit on backwards. <laughs> and there's just little moments. So the, the last we left off, Ron Perlman wanted to see the body one more time. Right. And the body was not in the casket, but he's like, okay, cool. He's burning up. Well, then we find Jesus walking along, pulling a piece of, what was it, a piece of glass out of his foot? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because he's walking along barefoot, dead, looks... It looks awful. Yeah. Clearly dead. <laughs> Takes a piece of broken glass out of his foot, cuts the thread that sew, that had been used to sew his mouth shut. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> yeah. It's a little touch like that that you really don't see in other movies. He's like, oh, I need to be able to speak. I got to cut this thread. So you see him just pull it out. Like, ugh, okay. So he cuts his mouth open, and then he ends up going back, back home. home. And he sees his granddaughter. And she's like, okay. She's accepted what's been happening. Yeah. Takes her toy chest and makes it a little bed for him. Puts a pillow and a blanket in there. It's really kind of sweet because she's like, okay, I kind of told you something bad was going to happen, but you are my grandpa and I love you, so let's make the best of it. She's just, Now she's essentially his sidekick. Yeah. She's the the Redfield to his Dracula. Yeah, yeah, and he needs to go back to the man and get that book, the manuscript. Yeah, so he's going back and trying to find it. Aurora tags along without his knowledge. He's like, you know we're in danger, right? And she just smiles and nods like, yep, but I'm here <laughs> with you. Like, I'm not going to let them hurt my grandpa. We're doing this together. He uses her to get in the room. Yeah. Through, through where the, uh... Where the, where the guy's food gets sent through. Yeah. Little... I don't want to say shoot. It's like a... Like a window. 
Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of what they used to pass files to Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Jeez. We got skateboarders running around, so if you hear that, I apologize. <laughs> Apparently, you know, 9.40 at night is prime on a skateboard time. <laughs> it's been going on. They've just been back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, what the fuck? Hope they're having fun. We're <sighs> trying to talk. <sighs> they don't understand the banes of podcasting. Yeah, so he he started looking through the guy's stuff looking for this manuscript. Well, the little girl finds it. And as she's finding it, the man... Yeah, De La Guardia. Old man De La Guardia. Is realizing what's happening and that he's being uh, bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, okay. He's like, I need... He goes, oh, if you're looking for the pages, I ate them. So you're not going to find out how to you know, fix yourself. Yeah. He goes, I don't care about anything. I just want out of this. So the other guard tells him, well, there's a way out, but you need to give me the device. Way out, turns out, is just killing him. Yep. Completely. Yep. But Aurora to the rescue, because she took one of the dude's canes and cracked him upside the head, knocking him <laughs> off her grandpa. Yeah. She's she's a badass little kid, man. She's got no fear. Yeah, I like her. So where we're at now is they're trying to get out of this place, and Ron Perlman is somewhere in the factory, probably hoping his uncle has died <laughs> so he can take <laughs> <Right>. over. Because <laughs> he got called, but... Yeah. Because while... while the man and the grandpa were talking, he triggers, like, a thing to call him. Yeah. And, of course, he's like, God damn it, I don't want to deal with this shit. <laughs> he's so put out by having <laughs> to do anything. You can tell he's over it. Like, why <laughs> Why would you just die already? <laughs> but, man, I'm, I want I forget how this ends, actually. But there's, there's little touches I like like when the guy was like, look, when Jesus was telling the guy, look at me, look at how I look. And he goes, peel take off your, the skin. Yeah, take your face off. Oh, peel okay. it off. And he starts grabbing and ripping it away. And you see like the kind of marbled texture skin underneath. Something Del Toro would go back to, if you remember Blade 2. The character of Eli Damaskinos had that same kind of marbled look to his skin. So I like that there's something that happens here that gets carried over into another movie. But it's just a cool look, because it's not just like, oh, he became a vampire, that he was just a sexy grandfather. It's like, no, he goes through hell, kind of ends up looking more like Frankenstein's monster, in a sense, with the staples in his head. And then you see, like, a new skin, because essentially he's being reborn through the Kronos de- use of the Kronos device. I'm, I'm really enjoying Another this. Another thing he uses is warm and cool colors together. Yes, Del Toro's a master of using colors. Every film, there is always colors all around. You can you can tell how a scene's going to play out by the, the colors used in that film, in that particular scene. It's good. All right. We don't have much, so we got a little over 15 minutes left. We let's, knock it out and then come back? Let's do it. All right. You guys just hold on let's to your butts. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Just like that, we have finished Kronos. It is over, ladies and gentlemen. The movie is fiend. Just like this episode, just like our podcast, just like us, we are all dead. (laughs) God. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, this movie was fun. We just need the Debbie Downer sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So the climax of this movie, it sees Jesus and Aurora trying to get away from Ron Perlman. Because Ron Perlman finds the man on the floor, covered in blood. Well, before that, Jesus and his granddaughter were trying to leave, and he notices, oh, this guy's bleeding. And he said blood would take some of the pain away. That's right. So he started drinking the guy's blood. Yeah. Yeah, you can see a little squirting out of his head a little bit when he was like, oh... (laughs) As he's doing that, Ron Perlman's character shows up. Thinks That's, he's uh, dead. And he's celebrating. Yeah. He said, Merry Christmas! And because this is a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. So, much like Die Hard, this is a holiday family staple. Of course. <laughs> it does show a Christmas tree, and Ron Perlman is whistling a Christmas tune at the beginning of the movie. So, it's a Christmas movie. But it's funny, because... Old Man LaGuardia starts moving. Yeah. <laughs> and Ron Perlman takes his foot and just breaks his... It just crushes his neck. Just his throat. Yeah. Yeah. Just finally was like, it's done. You're you're done. I, I've been waiting too long for this. It's mine now. But then he's got to go find what's-his-face. Yeah, because uh, he gets whacked in the nose again, breaking it for like the third time in this movie. <laughs> So no wonder he needs a nose job. A fight ensues. He's chasing Jesus. It's a fight. Jesus basically just, at a certain point, tells Aurora, you go down this ladder, get to safety. I'll take care of this. And yeah, he grabs Ron Perlman's character. They just, he just jumps off through the roof, killing Ron Perlman and essentially killing Jesus. But his smart granddaughter uses the device to bring him back one final time. Unfortunately... Her hand is bleeding. Yeah. And he starts to, like, pull her in close, but his humanity wins out. He had to make a decision, and he decided not to eat his granddaughter. Yeah. And he ripped it off of his chest, smashed it with a big rock. I like that little, that little last arm that it was, (laughs) as it was right before it was about to be smashed, the device lifts one of its legs like, no, please don't, and then smash. Smash. (laughs) But she was even looking at him almost like, well, if you need blood to survive, 
Because she didn't look scared. She looked like I was almost like she was willing to like give herself up so he could. It's like God, that's. But I love it though because there's there's beauty in the horror of what's happening. Yeah, he's tearing his skin at this point, and you see like the mar- more of the marbling on the flood, the marbled texture flesh. After he smashes the device, we cut to he's back at home in bed. In bed, all, all marble. All the decayed skin is gone. He's just all marble. And his wife walks in. Yeah, his granddaughter and wife are there. And cut to credits. We don't fade to white. We don't fade to black. We fade to white. What happened? Yeah, yeah. And that that was it. It's a tragically beautiful ending for this movie, which is what Del Toro can do so well. You look at something like the end of Pan's Labyrinth or the end of The Devil's Backbone, which I don't remember, but I know it was along these lines anyway. Even uh, Crimson Peak, Shape of Water, they all have these tragically beautiful endings, and this is right in there with those. So what would you what would you give this movie overall if you had to give it a rating, man? Out of what? Out of whatever you feel. Out of how many Del Toros would you give it out of five? Oh, five, five full Del Toros. Okay, I'm right with you there. Yeah. Now I have my book open. Okay. And I have it open to Apart for Kronos. Are you going to share with us some wisdom about Kronos from the book? Yeah, if you want me to. Go right ahead from the great book, Cabinet of Curiosities. Leanne, take it away. Well, Guillermo says that he wanted the two guys to when they're fighting in front of the sign, he wanted the sign to be a clock to represent time. But it wasn't in the budget. He said also, um, in his original drawing, uh, Grease's hair is black. Originally, the idea was that he would use black shoe polish to paint his hair, and in the end... The front of his hair would be all white, and the back would be all black, with uh, tears of black streaming down his face, but that would have meant a lot more time in the makeup chair, and they didn't have that. And apparently, like, halfway through production, the finances got pulled, and so Guillermo had to tell Ron Perlman, look, um... I know your manager said to leave, but if can you not leave and I'll definitely pay you later? <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> the fact that Ron Perlman is such a good dude and he's like, yeah, and they're still friends to this day. Yep. Ugh. Yep. It's- and you have to admit, Ron Perlman was pretty funny in this movie. He was. He was. He was almost the comedic, uh, what? Go ahead, like the no, comic relief. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was a specific point to that. Del Toro specifically made the two LaGuardia characters very stereotypical American characters, almost like right out of a comic book. To sort of it's sort of as revenge for all of the American films that had Mexicans in very stereotypical roles or very stereotypical portrayals of Mexicans in American cinema. So it's kind of like him going. Ah, you want to make fun of us? Well, I'm going to make fun of you. And they're going to be two stupid idiots who are the comic relief of my movie. And it worked. Do you want to hear a little bit of what Ron Perlman has to say about Guillermo? Of course. 
So he says, Kronos was the first time I experienced truly independent cinema. It was the first time I'd ever worked on a non-studio, non-mainstream movie. Since then, I've appeared in over 40 low-budget films for the first for first-time directors. There was a magic that took place as I watched Guillermo do his thing in a setting that didn't involve a big corporate organization. He was surrounded by people who loved him, believed in him, and enabled him under some very compromising conditions to make this movie. I give Guillermo credit for jumpstarting the entire second half of my life, which I have continued to try to make about independent cinema. I give him total credit for opening my eyes to what real cinema looks like. The impact Guillermo has had on my life goes far beyond the credits on my resume. That is nothing compared to how profoundly knowing him has changed the course of my life. Aww. <laughs> right? Like all the feels right there. <laughs> <sighs> and you think of Rod Perlman as being like, like, you would just think of him as being kind of a tough guy. Like, oh, he wouldn't give a shit. He's... But then you hear that and you're like, oh, you're also kind of a teddy bear. Yeah, but he, he'll probably disagree with you. <laughs> he probably would, but I've seen some of his uh, posts on what used to be Twitter and now on threads when he's calling out uh, people doing dumb shit like politicians like, hey, motherfuckers. I'm like, I would not piss off Ron Perlman. I don't care if he's in his 70s. I would not want that man pissed off at me. No. <laughs> so I see him in a dark alley and he's like, hey, motherfucker. I'm like, I'm about to die. He's going to kill me. <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I was I was reading something about they didn't have the budget that they needed. Then I didn't realize finances got pulled for this movie. Oh, interesting. The role of Jesus Grease, our main character, was originally written for Max von Sydow. Totally. The main exorcist in The Exorcist, the old the oh, old priest yeah, that okay. shows up. I get yeah. it. Really? Because I was getting Grandpa Joe vibes. <laughs> For me, I was getting Christopher Lee vibes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mechanical objects and special effects were carried out by Guillermo del Toro's own monster and makeup effects company, Necropia. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, they no longer exist. They were only functional for 15 years. But that speaks to the f how much this man loves cinema. He had his own effects company to do the effects as he wanted. None of the bullshit like Brian and I talked about last episode with the Weinsteins interfering so much with Mimic and just being the fucking Weinsteins, as Brian would say. Trying to find anything else that uh, is interesting here. Oh, there's some spoiler stuff. Yeah. Granddaughter only says one word throughout the whole movie. I think we missed that. Right towards the end when she, she just says, Abuelo? Which means grandfather. It's the one time she speaks, and it's it's actually the it's more powerful that way that she hasn't spoke the entire film because she gets she conveys with her face all that you need to know. Yeah, like she never had to utter a word. Nope. And you understood exactly what everything was. I liked all the blood in this movie. I forgot that there was so much violence. So much. Yum. <laughs> Love it. Apparently, uh, he met with Universal at one point. They wanted to buy because they had acquired the, I guess they acquired the studio that was doing U.S. release for this film. They wanted to purchase the rights to the film 
to remake it. And Del Toro was like, who wants to watch Jack Lemon lick blood off a bathroom floor? It was basically like, you're fucking stupid. Like, you don't need to remake it. You don't need to remake it with whatever actors you're going to use. Like, this movie is fine the way it is. It doesn't need a remake. I agree. How many Del Toros would you give it? A solid 10 out of 5. <laughs> well, that's not fair. I would have given it 20 Guillermos. <laughs> No, I'm with you. It's it's a solid five Del Toros out of five. Yeah, for sure. So if you're if you can imagine a scale at home when you're listening to this, you know what Del Toro looks like. So just imagine five smiling Guillermo Del Toro heads on a website when you're looking for ratings for this film. There's just five of his face smiling, <laughs> his big happy smile. There you go. There you go. So before we wrap up here, is there anything you want to anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to bring up, or are we? Just going to go right into promotions and end it. I don't know. But we're married. Why would you want to end it? You promised you'd never end it. Well, I mean, <laughs> you keep not showing up for the for the job here. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I do deserve to get fired. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just wondering if there was anything else you wanted to add on before we, before we wrap it up and get the hell out of here. No. No? Where can they find us to listen, Leanne? Um, Apple. Yes. Spotify. Yes. Other ones like Podbean, No Longer Stitcher. For sure. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we've already did our RIPs for that one. Yeah. And um, we've also got a website. We do. Skewerhead.com. Yeah. And I mean, you got a blog. We got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Skewered Universe Podcast, if I can say that correctly. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Cristo. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm feeling a certain way, man. <laughs> feeling a certain way. <laughs> How could you not? How could you not? Exactly. After this movie, exactly. I get it. I'm having fun. Yeah, skewerdhead.com has all of our social media links where you can find our links to our Facebook, our Instagram, threads. We don't do that Twitter shit because that's that you know what? That is so old. If you're on Twitter, you just you're not with it. And Facebook is hip and young. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Facebook is the biggest platform out of them all. I have to use it. Uh I kind of have to. Okay, TikTok is probably bigger, but I'm not doing TikTok. <laughs> and remember, audio-only episodes are available on our YouTube channel. You can go over there. Uh, like Leon said, support. Go to our Patreon. Support us there. We've got some cool transmissions episodes. More stuff coming on that. You can... <laughs> more stuff to be added to the content section of Patreon so you get more bang for your buck. Yeah, lots of bang. <laughs> lots of it. We bang, we bang. <laughs> God. <laughs> Remember, every Saturday you can catch me on Tales from the Podcast with JB and Ron. Right now we are going through Friday the 13th film franchise, having a lot of fun with that. And just this past Tuesday, that is two days ago, that was October the 24th, I was on the Video Store Clerks podcast where we talked about Reanimator. Head over to YouTube, search Video Store Clerks podcast, you can see me on there talking some Reanimator and giving Jeffrey Combs all sorts of love and praise, as well as Barbara Crampton and Bill 
Bruce Abbott. I, I said have Bill not Abbott. seen that movie, and I know that you were wondering. I need I need to have you watch it. I need to also watch the sequels. Yeah. Because I have I have not. I have not seen the sequels, but the original is a favorite of mine. I think that's pretty much it. That's where you can find us. You got ev- We got everything there. I don't think there's anything else. Except we love you, and uh, one of these days I'll learn how to say it in Spanish, but so can do it. worth it. Hey, if you guys want to play some GTA Online, you can find me. Uh, just look up Skewered You in the uh, Rockstar Social Club. And until next time, we love you. Leanne already told you what to do. Win, 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 win. <laughs> And keep enjoying that universe that's just a bit skewered. skewered.